0: Night continues to creep up upon the city of Augustus, Illinois. At the Stateville Correctional Center of Illinois, Gunner is walking out of the prison. He turns to take one look back at a place that has seemed to run his life for over a year now. Gunner turns around and squints as he begins to walk towards a car that is parked not too far away from him. The passenger door automatically opens as Gunner hesitantly climbs into the passenger seat and buckles his seatbelt. Gunner then turns to look over at the driver, which is none other than Andrew Rutledge. What the hell are you doing here? Andrew smiles and then begins to drive off. At the Harper Mansion in the Foyer.
1: Oh, I'm home. Finally.
0: Elaine walks through the front door of the home. She then throws a duffel bag on the ground, snatches off her sunglasses, and lets out a rather deep breath. Caitlin then enters the room, having come from the kitchen. She rushes up to Elaine. Mom! Caitlin and Elaine embrace one another. As the two come off the embrace, however, Colin enters the room having come from the living room. He goes to his mother and embraces her as well.
1: Oh, it is so good to be home.
0: At Memorial Hospital on the fifth floor, Leslie is sitting on a chair that is placed in a small waiting area. As she continues to bounce one leg up and down, as her nerves continue to come to the forefront, Olivia walks up to her. Miss Marshall? Leslie slowly stands.
2: Uh, hi, Nurse Bookman.
0: Hello. Uh,
3: where's your family?
2: I sent all of them home, except for Aiden's father, Alex. He's on a coffee run downstairs at the cafeteria. Anyway, did you come to talk to me about Aiden? Have you found out what's wrong with him?
3: Unfortunately, not yet. But I do want to still give you some type of progress report. Dr. Marshall and myself are continuing to run tests so we can figure this whole thing out. We're hard at work and we're not giving up.
2: Thank you. I know you are both doing your best, but as a parent, it's frustrating.
0: Olivia puts a reassuring hand on Leslie's shoulder. Leslie sits back down in emotional exhaustion. Alex shows up with two coffees in his hand. He's about to approach Leslie and Olivia when he notices Danielle out of the corner of his eye. Alex walks in front of Danielle, effectively stopping Leslie and Olivia from seeing her.
4: What are you doing here?
0: Danielle smiles as she takes one of the coffees from Alex's hand. She is just about to take a sip when Alex snatches it back from her.
2: Sorry, I would have thought that coffee was for me. After all, I guess I'm used to taking things that belongs to Leslie.
0: Lower your voice. (laughs) What do you want, Danielle?
2: I thought you would never ask.
0: Meanwhile, on the 10th floor of the hospital, having just recognized Nicholas, Gregory stands before him with one eyebrow slightly arched.
5: I asked you a question. What in the hell are you doing here in Augustus? None of your business. Oh, your mother terrorized this town, my family in particular.
0: Yes, because of your actions from stealing from her. Are you really trying to
5: spin this narrative that you're some sort of victim? Because you're not. (laughs) I didn't protect my family before, but I will now. So unless you- Whoa, easy. Don't make idle threats. Why are you on this floor anyway?
0: I was just getting a checkup, and I got turned around. This is a big hospital, and I've only been in town for a few days as
4: I get a business dealing underway. Well, I better get going. Bye, Greg.
0: Nicholas walks off before Gregory can respond to him. He heads towards the stairs. Moments later, in a stairwell, Nicholas retrieves his cell phone from the breast pocket of his suit jacket. He then dials a number and places the phone up to his ear.
4: Mom, it's me.
0: Hello, my sweet son.
6: How is life in Augustus? More importantly, has Leslie Marshall paid for her uncle's debts?
0: Listen, Mom, the thing with Leslie isn't going well. Plus her son is sick and in the hospital.
6: Am I supposed to feel bad? Boo hoo, poor Leslie. It's called karma for how badly her and her family have humiliated me. Mom. I want you to take Leslie Marshall out. I want her gone in three days. You know what will happen if you cross me, Nicholas. I'm not above dealing with my son.
0: Back at the Harper mansion in the living room, Elaine smiles as Colin talks on his cell phone and Caitlin sits next to her.
7: Mom, are you okay?
1: Oh, I've missed this.
0: Elaine looks around the room in nostalgia. Thanks, Elise. I appreciate that. As Colin ends his cell phone call, he walks over to Elaine and Caitlin.
7: Mom, I, I apologize but I have to go meet with my lawyer.
1: Well, I can go with you.
7: No, no, no. You just walk through the door. Visit with Caitlin. We can catch up later.
0: Colin leans over and kisses Elaine on the cheek before hugging Caitlin and then exiting the room.
1: How's he doing? As well as can be expected. Earlier today, he got into it with Lucinda when she stopped by his house As Lakin and I were helping him and Connor move back in. You know, I still can't believe what she's putting him through. That woman has a few screws loose. Yeah, I'd say so. And Detective Reynolds thought he had a lead in Emma's case. He found a button at the crime scene, and he was going to have it examined for traces of DNA. But the DNA turned out to be Emma's blood. So even though it came from a man's shirt, There's no way of tracing who the shirt belonged to. Oh, dear God in heaven. That, that is just, that's just awful. It is. How are you, though? Well, honestly, darling, I have never felt better. However, me getting sprung from rehab didn't come without conditions. Like? 200 hours of community service at memorial hospital twice a week aa meetings and only after all this will the judge wipe my record clean of that accident mom you're very lucky you know that right i know you know while i was in there i never stopped thinking about this family for a second i I know we're in shambles right now, but I'm confident that one day we'll be able to pick up the pieces. I hope so. I even thought a lot about your father in there. Do you know they're still withholding his visiting privileges? Do you miss him? (laughs) Every day. I, I know that in the end, divorcing him was the right thing to do but well, the memories are still there. I do hope that forgiveness can happen on both sides someday.
0: Caitlin smiles and then leans her head on Elaine's shoulder. Back at Memorial Hospital on the fifth floor.
4: Danielle, you need to leave.
2: I'm a journalist trying to report on the hot news of the day.
4: My child is sick and his family is worried about him. How is that news?
2: Danielle Frazier?
0: Alex turns to reveal Leslie and Olivia standing behind him.
2: Go ahead, Danielle. Answer his question. Is our son some news piece to you? I am genuinely curious to hear from Danielle when it comes to what garbage.org can do for our son. Les,
4: take it
0: easy.
2: And I don't believe for a second that this Fake journalist isn't exploiting our son for clickbait.
0: Leslie gets closer to Danielle as the tension in the room continues to build. Alex then puts the to-go coffee cups on a nearby table and gets in between the two women.
2: I want you to leave. And I want you to do that right now before I have security throw you out. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead! I'm not scared of you, Leslie. You should be scared of me, though.
4: Alrighty. Enough of the show.
0: Alex grabs Danielle by the arm and then motions her towards the elevators. At the Tasty Bean Cafe on the patio, Lakin is sitting down at a table drinking an ice latte. She is scrolling through her Twitter feed on her cell phone when suddenly Lakin has just received a text message from Bianca. The text is a selfie of them from the night they scouted clubs in Spain to see Prodigy International's competition. Upon looking at the photo, Lakin becomes very deep in thought. In Madrid, Spain, Lakin and Bianca are standing on a sidewalk that is just outside of a raving nightclub.
1: When I bought Prodigy from its original owners a little over a year ago, I knew that I wanted it to be as bold as possible in order to stand out from their previous business model. And my plans for that nightclub worked. After all this time, I know it's now the perfect time to expand.
2: I like your confidence. I'm gonna have a cigarette before we go back inside. You want one? I always carry an extra pack with me when I go out. I'm okay. What a shame. I could look at those pretty lips all day, no matter what was around them.
0: Lakin looks on at Bianca, The two smile at one another as Bianca retrieves a pack of cigarettes from her purse.
2: Are you sure you don't want one? I already told you that I don't smoke. I know, but you're on vacation, basically. Live a little.
0: Bianca turns to Lakin and gets rather close.
2: Trust me, it's okay to live when you're far away from home.
0: Bianca then leans in and kisses Lakin passionately.
2: What did you do that for? You know exactly why I just kissed you. It's time that you stopped worrying about life in Augustus and got a life of your
0: own. Upon coming out of her thoughts, Lakin continues to stare down at the photo.
1: Why didn't I stop her? Oh, what am I gonna do?
0: Back at Memorial Hospital on the fifth floor, Leslie tries to gather herself as Alex walks back over to her and Olivia having come from the elevators.
4: Danielle is gone. Good. Are you
0: alright?
2: Yeah, I'm fine.
0: Before anyone can say another word, Alex retrieves his cell phone from the breast pocket of his suit jacket. He sees that Lucinda is calling him.
4: Uh, if you'll excuse me. I have to take this.
0: Fine. Go. Go. Alex turns towards Leslie, about to say something, but resists and leaves. Leslie plops on a chair as Olivia sits next to her.
2: It's okay. You can leave too.
0: Leslie, aside from being Aiden's
3: mom, I don't know you. However, I feel as though I need to tell you something that my mother always told me when I was growing up. What's that? Get out of your own way. Pardon? Look, Leslie, I know it may seem forceful for me to say such a thing, but every time my mom would tell me this, it made sense. She even told me this when I came out. Came out? As transgender. You're
2: transgender?
3: Yes. You know, when I told my mom that I wanted to be a woman, she was so supportive. When I came out to her, I was actually just graduating from high school. And right away, I had a full four-year scholarship to Harvard Med School. And I turned it down because I thought no one would want to be treated by a transgender doctor. I had always known that not everyone was as supportive or understanding as my mother would be.
2: Olivia, I mean no disrespect, but I don't think that makes much sense. I don't care what gender or sex a person is when it comes to who could potentially save my life or even Aiden's.
3: That's always been my mother's point. You see, that's where my mom's advice came in. Months after turning down the scholarship from Harvard, I eventually sucked up my pride and begged the admissions board to give me back my scholarship. They stated that they had given it away to another student upon receiving my declination. But... I got lucky. They had a nurse's program that they were able to transfer my scholarship to. I, of course, jumped at the opportunity. And after doing just that, I promised myself that I would never again get in my own way. I told myself I would always be thankful for my blessings.
2: Wait a second. Are you trying to call Alex a blessing? Because if you knew him...
3: huh? I'm saying I don't know what happened with you and your ex. All I know is the fact that he's here. He's here when others aren't or can't. And let me tell you, having my mom and dad support me throughout all of this was invaluable. Now, I don't know how happily my parents are married after 40 plus years, but I do know for a fact that no matter what they're going through in their marriage, they had my back through everything, including my recent move to Augustus. That's a blessing in
4: itself. Hmm.
2: I think you're right, Nurse Bookman. I need to recognize the blessing in my life.
3: Exactly. And girl, how me live.
0: At the Augustus Police Department, Miranda and Stephanie sit next to one another on a row of connected chairs in a lobby area. As Stephanie lets out a sigh, Detective Reynolds walks up to the women.
6: Well, Detective, nice of you to make an appearance.
0: I'm sorry it took me so long, Ms. Williams.
2: Look, I have a deadline to get to at my magazine. Miranda has a grandson in the hospital, so can we move this whole thing along?
5: Certainly. Now, Ms. Markham, your home was broken into. It was just
2: a broken window. No one was in my home and nothing
6: was taken from it. Oh,
5: all right. Now, Ms. Williams, you had a Mercedes
6: that was... All my windows were bashed in. It'll be at least two grand to fix it. What exactly does this have to do with anything? Are you actually going to do something about what Donovan Aldridge did to the both of us? I am waiting for your answer.
5: Well, you didn't let me finish. You see, I regret to inform you ladies that there is no evidence that points to Donovan Aldridge having anything to do with the bashing of your car windows, Mm -hmm. Ms. Williams, and your window being broken at home, Ms. Of course,
2: of course you don't see any evidence pointing to him. He has been a fugitive for how long? And yet you detectives have just been sitting back and enjoying a donut or two as he runs around this town practically incognito. I'm so done with
0: the BS. Stephanie stands and collects her things. Miranda does the same, as Miranda also reaches into her handbag and retrieves a business card. Detective,
6: please do not hesitate to call me if anything changes when it comes to you getting evidence on that awful man and these crimes.
0: I will. Stephanie and Miranda walk off. Moments later, the women enter a hallway.
2: That detective is more dumb
6: Knock it off, Stephanie. Excuse me? That's enough. Enough about that silly detective. It's time to get down to business. Donovan is clearly coming after those who he has felt wronged him. We know that you're at the top of that list. In the meantime, however, he is going to come after everyone around you. He will not stop until he has won.
2: Miranda, what do you think
6: we should do? I think we should team up to beat Donovan Aldridge at his own game.
0: At Alex Bennett and Associates in Alex's office... Alex fully enters his office as Lucinda turns around in the chair behind his desk. Hello, Alex.
4: So, what was so important that you had to pull me away from my son? I know you know that he's at Memorial Hospital right now.
8: I'm well aware. I'm sorry, by the way. But I also want you to know that your son is all I have been thinking about.
4: I really don't have time for these riddles. I've got to get back to the hospital to be by my son's side. Representing you is one thing, but unless it's urgent, don't call me right now. I'll see you at the courthouse tomorrow morning, and don't worry. I've got everything figured out, and you can show yourself out, Lucinda.
0: Alex goes to the door. Oh,
8: Alex, if only you would have shut up and listened to me. But do not worry, my dear, all will be revealed tomorrow. I'm not losing my grandson.
0: At CH Advertising in Colin's office, Colin enters the room on his crutches as he talks on his cell phone.
7: Holly, I cannot thank you enough for starting as soon as you did. And you have done a great job ever since Isabella just up and left town. And thank you for setting up this meeting with my lawyer. Anyways, I'll see you in the morning before I go to court. Yeah, have a good night. Bye.
0: As Colin hangs up from the call, Elise Granger enters the room.
8: Hello, Mr. Harper. I hope I'm not too early for our nightly meeting.
7: Uh, Not at all, Mrs. Granger.
8: (laughs) Mrs. Granger was my mother. You can just call me Elise. Well, I think we should have a seat, don't you?
0: Well, very well then. Colin and Elise sit across from one another on the office sofa chairs. Colin puts his crutches to the side.
8: I hope you're getting better and better when it comes to your physical therapy. The judge will love to see that you're such an active person that has a willingness to fight when things get tough for you.
7: I guess you're right. By the way, I do not mean to be curt with you. However, my mother did just get home from a rehabilitation stint. And I do have a friend with a kid in the hospital right now. I would like to check on said friend. I completely understand.
0: Elise opens up her Louis Vuitton briefcase and shuffles through some papers. She then retrieves a file.
8: Okay, so let's talk about your mother's rehab stint for her alcoholism.
7: How do you know it was for?
8: Colin, I'm going to be very frank with you. Custody battles aren't like neighbors arguing over bushes and property lines. This is going to get dirty and personal, very personal. Your mother coming home from rehab, your father is in prison for rigging an election, your maternal aunt is a previous drug user and stripper, and your sister is a lesbian who was exposed in a very secretive relationship with your family's rival. You yourself was stood up at the altar by someone you've been involved with since your high school years. Do you see the messiness among the blurred lines of everyday life?
7: Can you please leave my family out of this?
8: Colin, this is all going to be brought up in the courtroom. You have to be prepared for your history, every bit of it that has ever been in a newspaper, to be brought to light.
0: Colin sighs as he sits back in his chair. He holds back tears of frustration before leaning forward. They can come after me or my family. The courts will see through it.
7: I guess they can drag me through the mud and rake me over the coals if it means that I have a fighting chance for keeping my son. I do not give a damn what it takes, but let me be clear. I can't lose my son. He's all that I have. He's the only good thing that I've ever done.
8: I know that, Mr. Harper, and you do not have to worry about a thing. I am going to go into that courtroom swinging tomorrow morning, Alex Bennett and your mother-in-law from hell will not know what hit them. We have a lot of ground to cover before tomorrow morning. And I know you want to get home. And I know you want to tend to your friend, but...
7: No. Let's get to it.
0: That's what I like to hear. At the Bay Ridge Hotel in the lounge, Isaac and Gregory sit down at a table. Both men have a glass of scotch in hand.
9: You should probably be getting back to the hospital soon. Agreed, but I desperately needed to speak with you.
5: Oh, what's so important, brother?
9: First, I wanna thank you for showing up for the family at the hospital. It meant a lot to have you there, even though I know you were going out of your mind the moment you and your son came face to face. Now, I wanna take the time to apologize to you,
5: even after I brought Dominique to town, even after all of the other
9: things I've done to you. Well, this goes further than that. I'm apologizing for how we grew up. I wasn't nice to you. In fact, I was downright juvenile. Even when we were both in college, I kept calling you a loser, all because Dolores and I had our lives planned out. And you were more of a a free bird. (sighs) Gregory, maybe if I had been a better brother to you, you would have come to me when you had money problems.
5: Wow. You really think you're the main source of my problems, don't you? Well, listen up, big brother. You are not why I did what I did. You are not why I was a bad husband and a crappy father. Because that blame lies on me. And my time away has helped me realize that. You know, I visited Pamela while I was gone. She's remarried, and she has this gorgeous beach house in California. She's learned to love again. And it helped me to realize something. I don't need anybody to apologize to me. Not even my son. I know I have to take ownership of my past. And I just hope that mom and dad are looking down right now and they can see how hard I am working. I am working, Isaac, to change.
9: Gregory, they would be proud of you, taking ownership and responsibility of this Dominic disaster, mending fences with your ex-wife and coming back to town for your family. That is what they've always wanted for you.
5: I'm going to do right by all of you. I promise.
9: Cheers to that,
5: brother. (laughs) Cheers.
0: Back at Memorial Hospital in Christopher's office, Christopher and Callum are sitting at a small conference table looking over Aiden's chart. Come in. Olivia enters the room as Callum and Christopher stand from the table, going to her. Dr. Becker?
3: Dr. Marshall?
4: (laughs) No need to be so formal,
5: Olivia. Anyway, I was just about to page you. We're going over Aiden's chart in
3: full. And I have to say that this is just not making any sense. I've been doing my own research on this case, of course, and... Whoa, 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 whoa been doing research without me or Dr. Becker. Olivia, we've been a good team so far, but you're not a doctor. I am a nurse practitioner though.
5: And I'm the head of pediatrics at this hospital. Christopher, I know that nerves are sharp right now, but I will not tolerate that kind of one-upmanship at this hospital. We're dealing with a life and death situation here, understand? I'm sorry, Olivia. I guess I'm just taking this all a little too
3: personal. I'm not gonna say it's fine, but I understand.
5: Well, if you two will excuse me, I have some other things to attend to, but I want hourly updates, okay?
0: Olivia and Christopher nod to Callum as Callum goes to the door.
3: Now that Dr. Becker's gone, you can fill me in on everything you two have done. Of course. I've booked Aiden for a CT scan tomorrow morning. That is, if there's no change in his condition, by at least midnight. Good. I assume you have the interns watching over him? Yeah. Maybe that means we can both finally get some sleep. (laughs) It would do wonders for my mood. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, it would.
0: Upon hearing his hospital beeper go off, Christopher looks down at his pager, which is clipped to his scrub pants.
3: Oh my. What is it? It's Aiden.
5: His fever spiked again and he's experiencing more shortness of breath. We have to go now.
0: Olivia and Christopher rush out of the room. This has been the Indie Series Award-Winning Drama Forever and a Day. Created by KCS Hutchison. Co-executive producer Candice Mack. Co-executive producer KCS Hutchison. Written by KCS Hutchison, Candice Mack, and Demi Morgan. Creative consultant Tom Racina. Music and sound effects provided by and Studios and Soundstripe. Theme song provided by Soundstripe. This episode starred Brett Lawrence as Gunnar Harper, Elizabeth Von Isser as Elaine Harper, Lucretia Lyon as Caitlin Harper, Quinn Van Antwerp as Colin Harper, Anna Burmeister as Lakin Bennett, Tyler David as Alex Bennett, Claire Stottmuller as Lucinda Prescott, Kalia Davis as Leslie Marshall, Lance Guzman as Christopher Marshall, Tony D Head as Isaac Marshall Benjamin Bryant as Gregory Marshall Candace Mack as Danielle Frazier Emmy Morgan as Olivia Bookman Christina Sullivan as Stephanie Markham Bruce Van Griffin as Detective Reynolds Renee Saran as Miranda Williams Lauren B. Martin as Dominique Bradford Michael Norberg as Nicholas Larson Nivelle J. Lee as Callum Becker special guest stars Eileen Kristen as Elise Granger, and Kajani Lyons-Lattimore as Bianca Montgomery. Join us next Monday for an all-new episode of Forever and a Day on Anchor, FAADseries.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement.